This episode of Little Bit of Life podcast is sponsored by Firecracker Farms. They grow the super hot Ghost Carolina Reaper and Trinidad Maruga Scorpion Peppers to make their exclusive limited run hot salt. They are a family cartel. Dad does all the dirty work with some help from their five kids and mom calls all the shots. Their packaging is beautifully presented and it's addictively good hot salt. It will change everything you know about heat. Make sure you check out their website today at www.firecrackerfarm.com or make sure to follow their Instagram at Ultra Hot Peppers. They have some exclusive new products that are coming straight to your door. And what better way when we are all here and at home for the summer that we can put a little bit of heat into our summer food and we can spend time with our family and create those amazing memories together. Welcome to the Little Bit of Life podcast. I'm your host, Little, better known as Tabitha. A lot of you may know me from social media, but Little is shown off the apps. This podcast is dedicated to having the real, raw, and the occasional chats on topics of what we seem to think but don't say. Special guests will join me on these topics that have impacted me along the way. Very little is off limits. Tune in on your favorite streaming platform and be a part of the interview with videos on the Little Bit of Life podcast YouTube channel. Let's dive into these topics together, one voice, one story at a time. Hey guys, welcome into another episode, a little bit of Life podcast right here with your host, Little. We have done it. We are in the middle of of summer. And with that comes us getting in kind of a little bit of a summer funk. We can feel like, especially with the kids being home for summer, our jobs kind of adjusting to that new schedule of waking up early. The sun is not setting as early as we like. And guess what? We just are really hard on ourselves. But I want to ask you, what are you doing in regards to your life right now to embrace your fear of possibly change, moving forward and transforming your life? Are you doing this in a very proactive way or are you kind of just sitting on that side of the pool with one foot in and one foot out today i have on the amazing guest laura walker she is the author of a book that you can grab right now for your summer reading on amazon it is called up until now it is real people from all around the world sharing their true stories of pain heartache grief loss they share their moments of overcoming and creating a renewed hope and reality after the storm settles. It's all up until now because their stories do not end there and neither does yours. Through these stories of transformation, you're going to feel the genuine and authentic hearts of each of the authors as they write about job loss, navigating a messy divorce, surviving the death of a loved one, being financially devastated, and much more. Today, I'm very excited to share this very special episode with Laura Walker, where we talk about truly putting in the work, facing your fears, getting over trauma, and truly putting in effort over excuses. Sit back and really listen to today's episode and take in with your life. What do you have a fear of? What do you have a fear of moving forward? And how are you transforming your life? Hey guys, welcome into another episode, a little bit of Life Podcast right here with your host, Little. I have an amazing woman on as a guest with me today. I'm so excited. Her name is Laura. She's the kind of go-all, do-all, especially when it comes to retraining your brain to retrain the path and the focus of where you want your life to go, especially after trauma. I have on Laura Walker. She's an author. And like I said, she's amazing. Hi, Laura. How are you? 
Oh, Tabitha, thank you so much. I'm great. It's such a joy and a privilege to be here. Thanks for having me. I am so excited to talk about your book, but not only that, but also how you got to writing this book, where you're at today. Like I said in the very opening, we have to really focus, especially now with everything going on, we have to refocus and retrain our brain. And this is something that we all have the power to do from the moment we wake up to every five to 10 minutes a day. I I feel like as, as humans, we always think, oh, I didn't start my day off right. It didn't go the direction I wanted. And now I have to wait till tomorrow to restart over. And that's something that we don't have to do. It can, we can rechange it at any second or any moment of the day that we have. Absolutely. So Dr. Michael Beckwith is one of my, my lead mentors. I just love some of the things that he says. And he has a saying, he says, you've got the past tense, you've got the present tense, you have the future tense. They're all tense live in the now. And when you are doing exactly proactively what you're talking about, reframing, repatterning your thought processes, you got to think different things to do different things and have different results. And it is, it may feel hard, but it's really just a rigorous investment in your highest, greatest good. Mm -hmm. The title of your book, I love that it says talking about embracing your fear. Do you feel that that's kind of what holds most of us back in trying to just try something new or even just kind of revamping what our current routine is? I feel like we're all stuck in this routine and this pattern that can also be kind of restructured from going through that trauma and that fear of change. Absolutely. Fear is the very, very thing that keeps us stuck on the hamster wheel of discontent and longing for something different. And once you learn to embrace it and recognize that it's literally a signal, like a roadblock, it's not bad or good, it's a signal. And it should be a green light, as Matthew McConaughey calls it in his book, a green flag, a green light versus a red light. We think that fear is an omen to stop. There's potential harm. It's quite the opposite. Fear is actually the very signal that we need to hit the gas, go forward and do that very thing because that very thing that we're quote unquote scared to do is the very thing that's going to evolve us to the next level of being. It's amazing when you get that. I think it's always like what I tell friends and family and my support system. It's getting uncomfortable with the comfortable. I think that we are so stuck in this almost, you know, like I said, this routine of I'm comfortable. I don't want to step outside the box. I don't want change. And that comes that fear of, you know, what's going to happen next? What if I fail? And I think, you know, especially with your book that you have so many stories from so many individuals and clients of yours that you really talk about what happens on the other side of fear while you're still processing fear and trauma at the same time. I think that's really important. They're very linear. You don't have to pass on what's happened to you or kind of live in that dark space, but you can process and heal through it while creating change in the process for yourself. You could, I could not have said it any better. It literally is the catalyst to transformation. And I actually use, um, I identify as a Christian. I'm not religious, but I think that the story of Jesus in the Bible is perfect. Do you not think he was scared when he went to the Last Supper and his best friend betrayed him for a few pieces of silver? Then he finds out he's going to be wrongly accused. He's got to die the most horrific. Do you not think he was scared, but he faced his fear. He trusted the process and he transformed not only his story in the Bible, but 
stories for Christ followers. It's amazing. Mm-hmm. So, so with the the book um, up until now is what it's called: inspired stories from real people embracing your fear and moving towards transformation. There are mm-hmm. forty six separate stories in there. How did you find all of these amazing people? One to want to express their story, but two to want to share it with other people to embrace change and hopefully push that level of when you're reading this book. And I'm telling you, I'm putting all of this in the bio. When you're reading this book, it really forces you to sit down with yourself and really kind of self-reflect on what's going on in your life and the changes that you are not only making, but the chance, like the changes you're willing to make in the future. I think that's really key. We always have to have goals and kind of that end goal of, you know, little things that we can reach and attain without feeling, you know, that fear and that failure at the same time. Yes. So back to your initial question, I think it was a vision. I had a vision. I had a pulling and a longing because I was the lucky, fortunate, blessed gal that got to sit there and listen to these people. And I knew where we had started as we started our our journey together, working together and watched their life literally transform like a caterpillar to a butterfly right before my eyes. I had seen it in my own life, but to give people tools and then to watch them transform their life and manifest and create something completely different that they were in love with, even more importantly, I said, people need to hear this. It's inspiring the heck out of me. We need to put this together. So I began reaching reaching out to um, my clients. The majority of the book are my clients, with the exception of the first chapter is my mom. Um, and then two of my ch- four children are in there as well. And, um, and one was a client, one was not. But other than that, they're all people that I have worked with. And they were so willing to share their story. There was a lot of fear that popped up in that process. I'm not a writer. I can't do this. What if, I mean, especially there's a couple stories in there that are very transparent. And one is about a gentleman going to jail. And he now is president of a huge company in Dallas, Fort Worth. And he was like, this is very vulnerable for me. So talk about getting out of the comfort zone. Mm -hmm. So that process too, and writing the book and watching them expand and grow as they wrote their stories and went through the editorial process and all. And then we had a huge book launch in Dallas, Fort Worth and Southlake. It was, it's just unbelievable to me. I look back and I'm just so grateful that I had the vision and I got to take 40 people with me on the journey. And we're, you know, it's just a joy and it makes my heart so happy Tabitha to know that it is touching people and that their stories resonate because they are so real. They're so vulnerable. They're so authentic. I love that you were talking about they got to go on the journey with you. I think it's such a crucial thing to point out that when we start the idea, just the idea, because that's where it starts, and then we start you know, going towards goals, passing those fears, really forgiving ourselves when it comes to evolving. But I think it's amazing to say that when you go out to help others, you help yourself first. Whether you're ready for that or not, it just kind of comes on to you. And I love that you said that they got to come on the journey with me. So which leads me to my next question. Hearing all of these stories, what did it do for your life in regards to change and really self-reflecting and, you know, moving in this big movement of change, which I think is so amazing because like I said, we're so stuck in this, in this day and age, which is really, it's really sad. I feel like we can progress so much more than where we are. Well, actually, so to speak to that first, uh, that is my mission. That is my purpose and passion is to have a higher efficacy and a higher impact to as many souls as I possibly can to raise the vibration. Because just think, what if everyone was proactively transforming their life in the moment, moment by moment? This world would not even 
look like it does today. It'd be amazing. So, um, so back to what you were talking about, bringing them on the journey, what it did for me, obviously a transformation because the content of our life, like writing a book or having clients, it's the curriculum for my own individual evolution Mm -hmm. and how I can help people and have more transparency and authenticity and efficacy while I get to know them and work with them. It, for me, it gave my, it bolstered my faith in a way that just going to church or reading some self-help books, or I've been into personal development for years, owned several companies. This did something for my faith in trusting the process and knowing the steps of it and consciously being aware of it, that it's allowed me to work, work in the process of that, transforming from fear to faith so consciously that it is something I literally do all day, every day. And so for me, it just bolstered my faith. I'm, I don't want to say I don't have fear because we all need fear. It's a catalyst for growth, but I know what it is when it shows up. It's not the boogeyman under the bed anymore. Right? It's, the, it's the green light to go, go, go. Put your foot on the accelerator. I love that you live a life where you are so focused on change for yourself, for those around you, but especially for listeners. I hope you picked this up because she still is training and she's still having tools like self-help books. I feel that so many of us feel that when we reach a goal, we were, you know, we received the golden medal. We're done. We don't have to continue the work and continue learning. And I love that you said that, you know, I mean, I have self-help books behind me. I have them all in my bookcase here. It's something that the brain is a muscle and you have to continue to train it at all times. We take a lot of information in throughout the day and think of that. Who's surrounding you? Who's in your support system? Are they living within fear and pushing fear or are they pushing you to be positive, to see change? And they're really that support system that's boosting you up. And that's why we're doing this episode is we are only as strong as those that are around us and our support system and what we're taking in because what we take in, we withhold that. And I think that's really important whether you have positive people in your support system, negative people in your support system. Maybe you're listening and you don't have a support system. This is where you need to learn to reach out, speak out. And like she said, speak outside of that fear box and really find what makes you happy, what goals that you have, and really push out of that fear and into a positive outlook in regards to your life. Because you also never know who's watching around you. And you may just be somebody's, that you're their champion. You're who they look up to. And that's, I think that's crucial in the world that we're living today, which like you said, our world would be so much better if we just changed just a little bit within ourselves and with others. You said something so remarkable right there that I would love to speak to. I actually use this as an illustration when I'm working with people. Many times you are so unaware of who is watching you and the impact that you have on them. So I'll give an example. People, many times they'll, when I'm working with someone that maybe is looking for the love of their life, maybe they've had a couple of divorces or failed relationships and they feel like a failure and they're scared to date again. They think fundamentally they're flawed or they're, they need to lose weight or these kind of things. They are, they just don't want to be in love. They don't want the responsibility of a relationship. That's all fear. That's fear talking. We were all created to do life and share life with others. That's how this is. So I use the example of the little old couple that's about 85 years old at the Applebee's, right, or the Cotton Patch, sitting in the corner, and they've got their walkers, and they're eating lunch together, just talking and maybe sharing their food. That is love expressed. And we can just look at that and know that because someone has had it, 
we can have it. And that's faith. Mm -hmm. It also key in regards to looking at that older couple, because we see them everywhere. And I know people listening say, <laughs> I'm never going to have that. I mean, it also goes into relationships. It goes into parenting because I feel like now with summer, there's so many parents that have this fear of, I'm not going to do it right. I'm not going to be better than this person that I saw on social media. It's raising families. It's also in regards to raising ourselves, because I don't think we ever really grow up. I think men usually take a little bit longer, but I don't think that we ever really grow up. And with that, I always say you have to fail in order to succeed later, but embrace the failure as a lesson. And I think that's a huge problem. And that kind of combines with fear in your book of, I love how you mentioned that of that individual was like, you know, this, I'm vulnerable. And with vulnerability comes change, but it also can come with embarrassment. Because we want to be picture perfect. And you throw in social media and we want to look picture perfect. We only usually show the good. So I think that your book is amazing to really put the words in somebody's hands with so many stories. There's something in there that's going to resonate with somebody. It's not just, you know, one story. I've read Matthew McConaughey's book and, you know, really pick pieces of that apart. But I love that your book really focuses on there is something for everybody, no matter what you've been through. There's no embarrassment. There's no fear. There, There's nothing that's going to hold you back in this book. You just have to dive in. That's your only homework you have to do is just open and dive right in. Yours, I appreciate that so much. And I just received that. I'm so grateful for your perspective of it because that's exactly the intentionality that I started the vision of the book with. And everyone showed up. They played full out. It's not my book. It's our book. And um, it's remarkable because I do know all of these people very well. And some of these people I do life with all day, every day in my community. So you're right. There's, there's this level of vulnerability and authenticity. And every chapter, I have some people that just read a chapter at night before they go to bed. And they're like, ah, oh, that story. And any given person that I ask, which story did you like the best? It's inevitably a different story. Mm -hmm. And it's always interesting because it tells me about where they are in their journey and what spoke to them. It's really remarkable. You help so many people in regards to what you do for a living. And I always ask when you kind of take on... I hate saying everyone else's problems, but really when you're coaching people through life, like I said in the beginning, they're also coaching you, whether you kind of, you know, see different things in your life that could change. So in regards to someone that's listening, that may be going through a traumatic experience, they may have that fear of failure. I know a lot of listeners are going to listen and think, you know, I don't even know where to start. I think that's the main issue in regards to creating change and promoting change. What would you tell a listener right now that is just feeling like, you know what, I'm kind of one step in, one step out, don't know where to start. Maybe I should just give up before I even try. And, you know, it's that's a great question because honestly, the process is the same for any genre of life that you may be adversely affected in right now. So for example, maybe love and relationships, maybe your health isn't the best, maybe uh, mentally or emotionally or physically, there's, you perceive there to be a problem there on some level, a fact. And then maybe it could be time and money freedom. Maybe your bank account is not exactly what you want to be, or maybe you, your job, you don't like the job that you're going to, you're just earning a paycheck, but you've got a purpose and a passion to do something else. The process, I believe, is the same. And what I what I love to do with people and what I do with my own self is I get clear because clarity is power and then decision to act on the clarity that you have in your vision of what you would love life to look like is superpower. <laughs> and not enough people will that superpower. So blueprint, 
go back to dreaming like you were when you were three, four, five, and you didn't have all the subconscious patterning that the world has projected on you and go back and say, what would I love? Ask that one question, not what I can afford. What do I think I can figure out? What do I think I can get educated enough to do? No, what would you love your life to look like? And then allow yourself to dream again. Use that brilliant genius of imagination that God gave you, universe, whatever you want to call it, and give yourself permission to dream. If you had a billion dollars in the bank account, time was a non-factor, everybody loved everybody kumbaya, what would you love life to look like? And then you're going to get some clarity. And then you're going to make different decisions. You're going to get inspired ideas. And then you're going to get some decisions to act on those ideas. And it will ground it. And you'll take a whole new trajectory in your journey. And it's really just that simple. It's that simple. What would you love versus what you can do or figure out? I love that. We hear so often in the world, it's a give and take world. And it's something where I really had to kind of focus on that in my day to day. What am I giving to myself First, because we ha- we always have to get in this routine. Everyone thinks, so oh, if you take care of yourself, you're selfish. Well, I'll take it because if I'm not taking care of myself, I cannot take care of others around me. So I always do the give and take homework and it's every single day. I want to give myself something first and it can be something small. It can be a cup of coffee at your favorite place. It could be sitting outside for five or 10 minutes without your phone in your hand, you know, technology, distractions, anything. And then I always try and take something from social media, take something from the community that is not, and when people hear this, they think, oh, well, what are you going to give me? What can I take? No, it's, I'm taking something of thought, of learning, of something that I can process and create a change in my next day. I take on so much, especially with the podcast, you know, with topics and some are really negative and some are really positive like this one. So I always think, what can I take out of each and every situation that I have with someone in the community and change that into me taking it, processing, learning, and then giving back the next day. You always have to give to yourself first, give to others. And then what are you taking for yourself? And when, what are you taking on? for the next day. And it's really like spiraled my life into creating more positive interactions versus holding that negativity, creating that fear, kind of creating that lapse of movement and direction for my life. Oh, absolutely. You are so speaking my language. And let me just celebrate you for a minute for having instilled modalities and practices that build into you and create a situation or a circumstance in your life that you're thrilled with, that you love. And that's amazing. And actually what you're describing is what I call the law of circulation. It's one of the universal laws. So literally giving activates receiving, and then you celebrate. And that's the way that law of circulation works. And I have a little, a little metaphor, a little imagery for that. I tell people, you can't just walk up to a wood stove and say, give me heat. Mm -hmm. (laughs) You can't knock on it and say, give me heat. I'm cold. You have to put wood in it. You have to light the match. You have to give some energy form of whatever that is. People get offended about about money. They're like, oh my gosh, they asked me for money or that costs that much. Money's just paper energy. You have to give it to receive the very thing you want to get sometimes. That's the modality of operation. So what you're saying is absolutely beautiful. And I just want to celebrate you for having a solid practice and being aware of how it works and celebrating. Thank you. It will work more in your, in your favor for sure. It's not easy for those that listen. Trust me. It's so much, it's so much better to just 
hit snooze on the alarm, roll over a couple times. I cuddle up with my dogs in the morning and, you know, wake up and grab my phone. I mean, that was a cause of routine for me. And then really taking on everything in regards to not taking care of myself first. And when I looked through your book and I really processed the stories, it's kind of something that is very linear with these, with a lot of the different stories. I always wonder how many lives would change if we took care of ourselves first and really like self-reflected on what we're projecting out there, how much would our journey change and how much of the direction would change going forward? Well, absolutely. And I mean, when you get on the airplane and they're given the safety briefing, who do they tell you to put the mask on first when it drops? Mm-hmm. <laughs> you. And do you know how many people, when I ask them that, they'll say, oh, on the on my kids. I'm like, no, mm-hmm. <laughs> on my spouse. No, yeah. they don't even know what they're saying. Yeah. It's literally the, the directive for the highest, greatest good of all is to put the oxygen mask on yourself first. Mm -hmm. And again, that goes with this almost immense pressure of society of being selfish. I always come back to this because when I was, you know, promoting your book everywhere and I would always tell people, Hey, take a look at it, you know, read the stories, look at this. It was so interesting because everyone said, Oh, these individuals were amazing and they're courageous and they have so much power and their stories are life changing, but I don't have that. I can't do that. And then when I always would ask, why can't you? It was always, well, because if I change now, I'm selfish. I don't have the time. I'm a wife. I'm a husband. I'm a mom. You know, I'm a, a president. I'm this. I'm. Th- and it was always excuses over effort. And that's something that we yeah, have well, to change. Yeah. Whatever self-limiting belief their pattern is, mm-hmm. that's all it is. And it's not bad or good, right or wrong. It was what was instilled in their subconscious patterning. It's their operating system. And all that you have to do is eradicate that one know how to do it, how to decrease the energy burns down the synaptic pathway and install a brand new operating system. But you have to decide what that looks like. You have to have clarity first. Mm -hmm. So that's why I say get clear because you had an aha one day because here's, here's how life works for us. Either we're pushed by the pain of something that continues to play out. We want it. We're not, we're in bad health. Our kids aren't close to us. We don't have a deep, meaningful relationship with a romantic partner, whatever it is. We're either pushed by that pain or we're so in tune through clarity of what we would love that the vision pulls us. And that's the energy you want to be in. That's when you get to quantum leap your life and get the results like the people in the book book do. They didn't wait. In some cases, the pain pushed them. Going to jail, yes, or, you know, really serious illnesses or like my son in the book, um, drug addiction. He was addicted to meth and homeless for six years. I didn't know where he was. And he tells that story in the book or my daughter doing her sojourn, hiking the Appalachian trail. And she doesn't hike. (laughs) She's, she doesn't even work out. I was like, you're doing what? But that, then my fear started coming up, but that's one of my favorite stories in the book. I might be a little biased Mm -hmm. of my kids, but, um, it's a great story. That's how it's supposed to be as a mom. You're supposed to be that way. <laughs> exactly. Well, I appreciate you coming on and speaking to so many that I really hope you pulled something out of this episode, whether you're driving in the car, whether you're on a family vacation, maybe you're on an airplane and you're listening to this on your way to this amazing vacation. It is not too late to change your pattern 
to reset your system. And it doesn't have to be the first of the year. It doesn't have to be the first of tomorrow. It can be right now. Take it day by day and really set those goals. And like I said, from day one, it's okay to be selfish a little bit. Because if you don't take care of yourself, you can't take care of others. And then that comes back to that circulation of what are you giving versus what are you taking? What are you giving out if you're not taking care of yourself first? Absolutely. Such wise words. Such wise words. And I will put all of your book information in the bio. I highly suggest rush and order this. There is something that you're going to read that's going to transform your day-to-day. Don't worry. You don't have to share it with me. I always say you can just take that moment, really you know, take it in for yourself. But like I said, get off social media. What better way to put yourself into a book that is going to help you and it's going to really push you forward? Again, Laura, thank you so much for coming on. I loved having you on and I cannot wait to see how many other people that this book really changes their life. Thank you, Tabitha. It's been a real joy. You're just a delight. Thanks for having me. It means the world to me that you chose to spend your time right here with me. Thank you for listening to today's episode. And don't forget to head over and rate and leave a review on your favorite streaming platform to bring others along this journey with us for next week's episode. And subscribe on the Little Bit of Life YouTube channel for upcoming videos and live action to come. Have you joined in on all of my adventures? Be sure not to miss a moment on Instagram at littlecute1az. Let's share these stories to more that need to be in the know. I will catch you on the next episode. And remember, be good to others and be good to you.